Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you on a, I think it's dry. Is it dry outside, Buck? Uh, it's been oh, raining like crazy oh out gosh. here, man. Yeah, oh my gosh. I know, like, we're going to sound like uh, we're having uh, big people problems, but it's been <laughs> raining out West Coast. has been bananas uh, for like four to five days, flooding uh, all over forest of LA. I don't know how bad it was down in San Diego. Oh, it's terrible, were, like, man. Just yeah, like a river. Was, oh my goodness. It was, yeah, it was terrible. I mean, it was, it was, it was bad. It just broke. Um, so I'm excited about it just to see some sunshine. Jeez. My dog wouldn't go for a walk. Nothing. It was, it was not great. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what I was, uh, I've been doing a lot of the Super Bowl stuff that you've been doing up in LA. So I had a hotel up there and, uh, and you know that where that little West drift, uh, yeah. uh hotel is right there, like right outside mm-hmm. uh, Manhattan beach. And there's a par three golf course, like a little nine hole par three golf course on the back of the hotel. So oh, I've so you stayed there. I, I've stayed. Well, no, no, no. I've stayed there a million times, so I've seen this golf course. I looked out my window. Um, it looks like there's a floating green because it is a <laughs> it is a lake, and then you just see one green. You can't see any other part of the golf course. It is completely underwater. Uh, but yeah, so it's not it's Southern California is not equipped for that, man. We're not equipped for the rain. Nah, certainly not built for. It. So hopefully this is enough for. Uh, 2024 we don't still have to see that again to 2025 because it was terrible no question um all right so today we are going to get to the super bowl we'll do our little super bowl preview we're going to save that at the end um we are going to talk about the draft um and teams i've got five teams that i think will at least effort to try and get up for a quarterback i, I don't know that they'll be able to i don't know if any of those top three teams are going to trade out but i've got five teams uh, we can get into that uh have some draft talk as well but let's start things off. We had the awards last night. Uh, we had the announcement of the Hall of Fame class, and I think it's a sign of our age that mm-hmm. now as these guys are uh, are getting announced as Hall of Famers, they're guys that we we were either with or scouted um, during our careers. So uh, the, the names of the guys, we got Randy Gratisher. He's a little before our time. Uh, he played yeah. 74 to 83. Uh, Devin Hester, uh, Andre Johnson. We've got uh, Steve McMichael, um, 81 to 93, again, a little bit before us. Julius Peppers, who uh, Buck has a history with. We'll get into that. And Patrick Willis, 
uh, Dwight Freeney. Uh, so we, we've uh, we've been around a lot of these guys, Buck, but I know uh, one in particular that you, uh, you you were definitely around. Yeah, no, DJ, this is crazy because now you are talking about it coming um, full circle where we're beginning to induct people that we scouted or they were part of the teams that we are on. Uh, for me, I think what's so great about this is when you are uh, on a team and you're scouting and you're able to watch a Hall of Fame player do his thing every week, it changes your standard. So we've already talked about it on here a few times that I've been lucky enough to play with uh, Hall of Fame pass rushes in Reggie White, Derek Thomas, Bruce Smith. So like for a lot of my time when it came to scouting, like I always kind of measured guys compared to that. Julius Peppers was the first guy that I scouted that you then see as a Hall of Famer, like from, from that vantage point. And I'm going to say this, and it's funny, I don't want the Carolina Panthers people to get mad at me, but when we were there, like DJ, Julius Peppers is like a freak of nature, right? Just, I mean, <laughs> leaps tall buildings in a single bound. Um, and, you know, like, and, and I think it's the nature of scouting where you kind of nitpick, like, man, I just wish that, yeah. no, he just, man, doesn't look like he plays hard and this and that. And every year he's getting like 17, 18 sacks, right? So it comes time to like, redo his deal because his rookie contract is up and the Panthers don't like, they don't do it. They let him play on the tag. Yeah. And so because in the building it was like, man, I got, he just can, I wish got a he little just, more. He's got a little more in him. He yeah. Do more. DJ, he goes away to Chicago. And I think that's when the appreciation for like, oh man, you know, pretty you good. <laughs> right. But, um, and, and, and so that stuff, like sometimes we can be too harsh of a, a critic, but I will say like in watching him, um, we always evaluate players. We talk about like the height, weight, speed, the athleticism, the freaky stuff that they can do or whatever. I just have never seen anybody who make it look so easy off the edge. This was a guy that was a legitimate basketball player at North Carolina, went to the final four, was a sixth or a seventh man on that team. You know, I mean, a legitimate player like yeah. came and got rebounds all that other stuff not oh i think I, like a legitimate <laughs> player and so that athleticism and watching him play he was someone who in high school played running back just the best of the best wherever you just kind of the guy like if he's on your 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 p in your pe class in high school whatever the sport is kickball dodgeball volleyball he's the best at that's how julius peppers was amongst his peers and for me the memory that i will have of him is watching him on the Super Bowl 38 team. Second, maybe third year in the league, he's the best dude on the defense. And it's a defense that had pro bowlers. It was him, Chris Jenkins, Brunson Buckner, Mike Rucker. But his dominance set the table for everybody else. And it also was John Fox's brilliance of moving him. Instead of putting him normally where we would always put like the best pass rusher at right defensive end against the left yeah. tackle, Yeah, he did something similar that he did with Mike Strahan. He put him at left defensive end and let that freak show go against right tackles. He just wore them out over and over and over again. No, that's fantastic. Yeah, I just I remember when uh, when they would come to town and it was him and Steve Smith. And I remember working on an advance report for one of those games. And I remember just being like, just don't let these two guys beat you. Like that's that's it. You just got to control those two guys. They they beat us with those with those two guys. And we couldn't stop them. We couldn't do anything about it. Uh, which is a reminder that Steve needs to get in too. Um, but um, going through the, some of these other names, Devin Hester, I remember uh, writing him up, mm -hmm. and I remember that was a it was a tough one to figure out in the draft room because we're like, I don't know, is he going to play offense? Is he going to play defense? We know he's a, mm -hmm. he's an unbelievable kick returner. 
but we didn't know exactly what to do with him. So he was kind of tough to slot in. To be honest with you, thank goodness he came along in that era because the returns have all but disappeared mm-hmm. uh, from the game. So that that uh, was the perfect timing for him to get his career going. Congratulations to him. Andre Johnson, I remember uh, I was mm. uh, working for the Ravens. I hadn't got hired yet, but I, they had it was like an internship for the year he came out. And I, I got hired on the next year, but at the Combine, they wanted me to come out there and, and, and work and wrangle players and do all that stuff. And so I remember sitting in the room with him, and I didn't know it at the time, because uh, it was my first time sitting in combine interviews, where those are for those who don't know, you get a, you had a fifteen minute timer, and you had uh, people waiting outside the door to for the next team, the next interview. And so as soon as that, you get a two minute warning buzz, and then the horn buzzes, and then sometimes the players are kind of shaking hands, and then the next team's like, "Hey, we got to go. I, we're we're not going to lose time." Yeah, and yeah, us, you, you remember fight. that, like how? Yeah, you had to fight for time. You got to fight for the time. And so everybody was always trying to get extra, trying to push the limits. How much extra time can you get? Andre Johnson was in the Ravens room, and the Ravens picked 10th that year. I think that was the year they took Suggs. Um, they, uh, it was six, seven minutes in. I'm not even – it didn't even get to 10 minutes, Buck. Six or seven minutes in. He is just – he was not one that wanted to talk, so he was just giving one- and two-word answers. And then Ozzy, after like six or seven minutes, was like, we're good. Like, hey, we're good. Uh, all right, they'll let you go. And I just remember thinking like – Wow, that was kind of fast. That's the only time in in eight, you know, whatever it was, uh, uh, eight years of combines that I ever saw somebody that didn't get taken to the whistle, and it wasn't even halftime. Uh, and Ozzy was like, "He look, he's he ain't gonna be there when we pick anyway, so let's not stop wasting everybody's time. Like, let's let him let him move on." He was a man of few words, but what a what a dominant player. Uh, and then uh, Patrick Willis, remember him at the Senior Bowl. Um, but it was a real dominant, game. you know, like they played all, you just, know, now we've modified the rules. Just, Fuck, he just he might've had, he might've had like three tackles on special teams. Like I remember him covering uh, kicks and being like, holy crap. Like this dude is here. He is not, he did not hear to come here for a good time. He came here to get after it. DJ. Cause you remember back then, I mean, that's when the senior bowl was really a ultra competitive thing. I mean, it was yes. a, there was no asking out. It was best on best, ones versus ones. I've heard about you. I want to see if you're as good mm-hmm. as I thought that you are. I mean, the competition was ratcheted yep. up. And I just remember this dude, uh, you would hear him before you could see him. Like, you remember, because <laughs> you would have two things going on. Like, nine on seven would be on one end. One yep. on one is down on the other. So you got your eyes kind of looking at the wide receivers and the DBs. But then you would hear a what? Oh. Mm-hmm. And he's, oh, Patrick Willis got him another one. I mean, it was just an unbelievable time. And to think about the San Francisco 49ers and just the dominance that they had, uh, Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, mm-hmm. two guys controlling it. And I think what's fascinating now, the San Francisco Niners still believe in that blueprint. They still believe in linebackers dominating the game. They have not deviated away from that. Uh, and that was certainly uh, set in motion by the su- success that they had with Patrick Willis. Navarro Bowman, those guys control in the middle of the field. No doubt. Uh, again, him and Andre Johnson, two guys didn't talk a lot, but they talked with their pads, man. They were, they were two of the more physical football players of that entire era. Uh, one last thing on the Hall of Famers, because I know like we've got we've got colleagues and 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 friends mm-hmm. that we feel mm-hmm. we've been saying, like Reggie Wayne should be in the Hall of Fame. Like, what are, what mm-hmm. are we doing here? He should be in. Steve Smith belongs in the Hall of Fame. I know their time's coming. Um, but this one, like, I was shocked that Antonio Gates did not get in on the first ballot. Like, shocked. Yeah, yeah no, nah, it's 
Yes. Fuck, he was the best tight end in the league for a long time. He's got the most tight ends by like 30 or 40. Most touchdowns by tight ends by like 30 or 40. I think he might, he's like sixth or seventh in touchdowns amongst everyone. Like, you're talking about the 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 Mount Rushmore of receivers, and this tight end is like right on their heels. Like that's that was shocking to me that he didn't get in. Yeah, no, it's shocking because they keep the the, the classes so small, and this would appear to be the time for him to get in. You think about what he was able to do. Uh, I sat here and talked about Julius Peppers playing basketball. Antonio Gates was a legitimate basketball player at mm-hmm. Kent State. It didn't have the football background. It was a guy that was averaging double digits, and I think double digit rebounds as well. My story with Gates is, you know, during preseason, uh, when you're an area scout, you'll go to like the local game and you'll try to help out the pro department. So being yeah. in L.A. at the time, the Chargers were in San Diego. So San Diego is the team that I would kind of go and just, you know, you do all the body typing, you do the quick flash reports. So Antonio Gates is on the list. He's the free agent. Uh, at the time, he's wearing number 49. So, DJ, I want you to understand, <laughs> like, I want you to understand when you have your flip card and they give you all these names and numbers and you see tight end 49, it's not an automatic that you're going to pay a lot of attention to number 49. Yeah. And so I remember looking like, OK, yeah, he ran around a little bit, maybe got a handful of snaps or whatever. My college, one of my college coaches, Tim Brewster, uh, yeah. was coaching the, the, the charge that time, coaching tight ends or whatever. And uh, he would talk about him. But like, look, you talk to Brunel. Brew would tell you, oh, man, I knew I did all that. You talked to him right back from the then. beginning. <laughs> yeah, you talked to him back then. Nah, don't know, get an athlete, this and that. But it was just fascinating to watch an undrafted free agent, a guy come from the basketball court, and literally by a second year, he's having an impact as a tight end, as a pass-catching playmaker. And then to see him have the level of success that he had, and we've seen it happen time and time again in terms of basketball players being able to kind of make that transition at tight end. But a lot of it was due to Tony Gonzalez and then Antonio Gates being to successfully make that transition and make it at a high level as pass catching playmakers. His time is coming. But, yeah, it's certainly a surprise to see that he didn't get in. And I think we also should mention Dwight Freeney. Dwight Freeney got in. I think for me, my story on Dwight Freeney uh, in that draft, uh, watching him at Syracuse and he's a little herky jerky in his play. Yeah. I've never seen someone whip people with that the move spin. that you know is coming. Oh, man. Like, the spin is coming, the spin is coming, and just, I just wonder how many of his sacks have been derived off that, that the spin move. I mean, just, mm-hmm. but it's, it's the thing that we, we talk about, and I, I heard Kobe Bryant say this, um, you have to be predictable to be unstoppable, mm-hmm. and you only need to have two moves to be dominant. And I think Dwight Freeney certainly took that to another level. Speed rush, spin move. That's all you're getting, mm-hmm. but you couldn't stop it. And his ability to be able to get to the quarterback time and time again, he deserved to be a Hall of Famer. So I just want to make sure we shouted him out uh, on getting in. I talked to a, a coach one time, uh, a coordinator one time, and he was like, look, if you don't have tendencies, you're not any good. And I was like, ah, I, never, I never really thought about it. Because everybody's like, oh, we're going we're gonna to study it. And we're going to find out what their tendencies are. He's like, yeah, no, if you don't – you got to make something's got to be your bread and butter. If you, you don't have any tendencies and you don't have anything that you're really, really good at. So, you know, uh, then, then you got a problem. I'd much rather have tendencies and be darn good at it. Even when you know it's coming, you can't do anything about it. Um, so that's, uh, that's interesting on Freeney. Yeah, no, he was, golly, that was vicious. He could spin inside and outside too, either way you wanted to go. And uh, he was very, very slippery. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. We come back uh, a quick little draft discussion before we get to this Super Bowl preview. We'll jump into that right after this. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's really good? Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. All right, Buck. Um, I don't want an episode to go by during this time of year as we have the Super Bowl ahead of us. I know we'll get to that big game, but I do think we need to get a little draft talk in here. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I was looking at it, looking at the draft order, talking around to people, and I've talked to a bunch of GMs and, and decision makers and executives. And I know, look, they haven't even, they're just getting into draft meetings now. So I'm not saying how they have their board stacked. None, none of that's set up. Mm-hmm. But I do know some individual people um, that have, you know, strong have strong grades and evaluations on some of the players that they've looked at as well as just talking to other people around the league some some of its first person knowledge some of it's just talking to buddies around the league who are connected with some of you know some teams and i came up with five teams that are outside the top three if we're going to assume and i i really do believe this that we're going to go quarterback 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 when it's all Mm -hmm. said and done yeah and we'll see in in uh you can make a strong case it would be wise for all three of those teams to stick and pick. Um, but there's cases to be made. You've mm-hmm. got the Justin Fields situation that Chicago's got to try and navigate around and make that choice, figure out what they want to do. So, you know, there's still, um, you know, they have options. You look at Washington uh, with our buddy Adam Peters going in there. Yeah. They could look to get a haul of picks um, and, and try and build a, a foundation um, before inserting a quarterback after that. 
And then you look at the New England Patriots. To me, man, they would they're they're a team that's ripe for some new energy uh, with Gerard Mayo taking over and, and pairing him with a new quarterback seems to make a lot of sense. But let's just say, for argument's sake, that one of those teams was willing to to take the haul, right? Mm-hmm. Let me give you the teams, and you tell me you tell me if who would be the most who would be the most likely, the most you know, the most desperate, the most active in trying to pursue something like this. So I'll give you the teams and I'll give you some of their resources. Okay. Uh, pick number six, the New York giants, Daniel Jones has been paid. I don't get the sense mm-hmm. that that I'm not saying buyer's remorse, but I don't get the sense that he's, that they feel comfortable with him as the long-term guy. They have two second round picks. They have picked 39 and 47. So those are high, high twos that they have. So they've got some extra ammunition there. Pick number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons have two threes. Uh, pick 74 and 79. Obviously, you're talking about making these trades. You're talking about future ones and, and everything mm-hmm. else. But at least there's a little extra capital this year. Minnesota at 11 um, is a team that's done a lot of homework on yeah. quarterbacks the last couple of years. Kirk's up. We'll see what happens there. They have two fours, so not a lot extra there. Denver at 12. Um, they do not have a second round pick, so they would have to. It would be a haul of future picks. Uh, Vegas at 13. They have just a pick in every round, no extra picks. But when you look at those teams, the Giants at 6, Atlanta at 8, Minnesota 11, Denver 12, Vegas 13, who would you say you could wrap your mind around saying, man, they could go for this thing? Um, well, look, man, I think Atlanta um, has to be in the conversation to go up there because they, they have to be in there. Um, we could talk about all the different things, and you know, we could talk about Minnesota needs a quarterback. Uh, you just know that this team is ready to rock with all the people. They just need a dynamic player. Uh, I think they have to throw somebody in there. But in terms of like the teams that you listed, I think the Giants, because I know there's not a sense of panic right now, but to me, it feels like there should be a sense of panic and desperation around wow. the Giants. Just the, the stuff that took on the, the turnover on the staff, the two second round picks that you talk about, I think they're valuable because two twos equal a one. And then being yep. able to give up a one the following year, um, I think that could be the location. It's just a matter of if Joe Shane is willing to swing for the fences when it comes to getting the quarterback. Yeah, no, I think that that one makes a lot of sense. I'm with you. I think those two teams in terms of where they're positioned. Um, the other thing I would say is if we're looking at the teams um, to trade out, let's say, you know, the one that's interesting to me would be three, New England. So let's mm-hmm. say of the top three quarterbacks that we view as the top three quarterbacks, let's say they have two and mm-hmm. or whatever order they are, and then they feel like there's a little gap before you get to number three. If that's the case, now you've got to start stacking up Justin Fields. Now, we think of Fields with Chicago. No, no, I'm thinking about Fields with New England, and New England saying, well, hold on now. If if let's say that, that the Chicago takes Caleb, let's say that uh, you know whatever one, whatever one between the next, let's say Drake May mm-hmm. goes two. Mm-hmm. Then you have to look at it and say, okay, well, I can, I have pick thirty four if I'm New England. If I can, I can probably get Fields for pick thirty four. So I get pick thirty four, and now I can auction. I mean, I get Fields for pick thirty four. Now I'm the team that's sitting here in the catbird seat, saying, hey, Giants, Atlanta, all those five teams that I just mentioned. Pick mm-hmm. number three is up for sale. Give me the haul. I've got my quarterback already on campus. With it only cost me the, the 34th pick, and mm-hmm. now you're New England, Gerard Mayo. I can get a treasure trove of assets here to try and build around Justin Fields in New England, um, which I think would be fascinating. Then you're looking at Chicago, who did not have a second round pick because 
uh, gosh, what was it? That was Chase Montez Claypool. Sweat. No, it was oh, Claypool Montez Sweat, year. Montez yeah. Sweat this yeah. year. So they would go, let's say they would go Caleb at one. They could take his high school teammate and Olufashanu, the, the tackle from Penn State mm-hmm. at nine. And they come back, get like with pick 34, they get from New England, they could get a guy like Troy Franklin, you know, Adnan yeah. Mitchell, whatever receiver that you like mm-hmm. there that's there at pick 34. Now you've, you've, you've kind of really, you're cooking with some gas there. But I think New England, I think that's an interesting, interesting scenario well, there. Well, I, I, I think for some of these teams, so we'll use the Patriots as the example. Uh, for some of these teams, you have to look at this class in comparison to Justin Fields and what else may be available on the market, right? So I would think Russell Wilson would be in the conversation, all those other things. Like you have to kind of pick and choose, but we'll use Justin Fields as the example. What we're saying is it's not just how do we rank those guys because let's just do this. Justin Fields in this draft class, where would he slot? So if we talk about Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, then it's Justin's Fields versus wherever the break is, mm. Onyx, Michael Penix, J.J. McCarthy. That's how the Justin Fields conversation plays out. He's included in this draft class because you're trying to look, well, wait a minute. If I'm going to get a quarterback, would I rather have J.J. McCarthy in the 20s or Justin Fields in the second round? That's how it will go. And so the scenario that you bring up with the Patriots does make sense. If they like Justin Fields, if they can do the deal early, get him in, He's on campus. We give up the second round pick. We're open for business at three. Whoever wants to come and get the third quarterback, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, whatever, uh, what are you willing to give us? Because now we're going to reset our team with all the draft capital that you give us in exchange for the third best quarterback in the draft. And, and to me, it makes sense that if you the team that gets fields, because the price, you know, from a money standpoint, is going to jump way above what you would be paying, you know, quarterback four, five, or six in this draft. So to me, the team that gets fields, it makes the most sense for a team that's in position to then trade down with their first round pick to then mm. say, okay, well, I might be spending more on the quarterback than I would if I drafted one, but I've got all these picks, which is going to give me four or five cheap starters to help ops- offset the the money that I would pay fields versus the money that I would pay uh, the draftable team, which is why the team that makes the most sense right there is New England. New England, that makes the most sense because they can put him in and then they can have all these other picks to try and put cheap, cheap, you know, valuable players around him. Um, that to me is what would make a lot of sense there. Yeah, it may, it makes a lot of sense because you, you're going to have to do that because his his thing is real and he'll probably have to do something similar like the team that acquires him. We have to consider doing something like the Packers did with Jordan Love in terms of kind of like a, a little stopgap deal to kind of a figure bridge, out yeah, kind of a bridge yeah, contract, what, yeah. what it's going to be so, so you can be able to move forward. Uh, but DJ, it, it is going to be fascinating. And so that's why it's like taking a, a three or four dimensional view at the quarterback position. It's not just as static as here are the quarterbacks in the 2024 class. Let's rank them from one to five. It's, oh, no, no. We got to put Justin Fields in this conversation. And some we got to put some of these other guys in the conversation because the other guy, and the reason why I will mention Russell Wilson is because the Denver Broncos are going to have to eat up most of that contract. Yeah. So your conversation, even as Russell being an older player, well, if we're getting Russell on a minimum or a slightly above minimum deal, are we willing to take that or are we going to go with a younger quarterback? Like all these things, all these discussions have to kind of enter uh, the meeting room. 
here's the other part to me that's interesting. And I have, you know, teams have done this homework. I haven't done it, obviously, yet. There's not, and things, quarterbacks emerge every year. There is no buzz or excitement on next year's quarterbacks. So, in other words, if you are the team, if we're talking mm-hmm. about teams trying to, if you're the team that trades off of one of these top three guys this year, you better have another quarterback. Like, that's why the fields thing makes so much sense because, okay, we'll trade out, we'll, we'll trade off, but then I still have my quarterback here. I don't think it makes sense, like, if you're Washington to say, okay, we're going to trade pick two and we're going to go down to, you know, eight or 11 or 12. And then we're going to build up our roster. Then we'll get our quarterback next year. Like nobody seems to be excited about your options next year. You don't want to punt on getting one of these guys this year. If we don't know when that next group is coming. And if you're going to be in a position to get those guys. So that's why, like I, when you go through these scenarios, like the one team in the top three that could trade out new England is the one that makes the most sense. And it would be because they could somehow get fields, uh, you know, with this, with the second pick with their second, their second round pick, I should say. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's interesting because I'm, I'm trying to get like a little peek ahead with, with the numbers and names. And so just lightly. So, so the guys that we're talking about, Quinn yours, Shadur Sanders, man, you got Penn state, uh, Carson, you got Penn state kid. You yeah, got the Georgia kid. Drew Aller, Carson Beck. Oof. Um, yeah, right now, and I haven't done a workup on them, so I don't want to. Bo- I don't want to no, 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 but their reputation. But I'm just saying, their teams that have done this homework and are not super excited comparing this. They are much higher on this crop of quarterbacks versus the crop that's coming next year. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, no, and that and that will impact the decisions. And so when we talk about front offices being in lockstep, that's the general manager being able to tap into the knowledge and insight of the college scouting director to be able to say, "Hey, man, what does 2025 look like?" I don't know if there's going to be an answer there. There's not a surefire one. We coming into this year that Caleb Williams was going to be the the belt of the ball. He was the prize. We also knew that Drake May was going to be in the conversation as one of those crown jewels. Jaden Daniels emerged as the third guy. The buzz is not the same when it comes to 2025, which will impact the way that teams look at the 2024 class. Uh, look, everyone that may take shots at Bo Nix and J.J. McCarthy and those things, you got to compare those guys to what the next class looks like. No doubt, Buck. I mean, that's why, you know, as a, as a personnel department, you've got to be doing your homework, not only on what's in front of you in the free agent class and this draft class, but you've got to be looking ahead of what's coming uh, down the road. And I think that informs your decision. So uh, it's going to be fascinating. I, I think there are no shortage of teams that would be interested in trying to go up and get one of these guys. Uh, it's just about whether you can find a dance partner. And to me, the Patriots the one that makes the most sense. Uh, but again, we'll have months and months uh, to, uh, to jump into this here. Uh, we'll get to the combine here. We'll get some more information. Free agency will inform uh, what's the direction that some of these teams are going as well. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. Let's jump back in after this break and we'll, uh, we'll get you your Super Bowl preview. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. 
like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game winner I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my day. <laughs> <laughs> It's time for the MCS Game of the Week, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, it's the Super Bowl, 49ers versus the Chiefs. The spread is minus two, favoring the Niners. The over-under is 47 and a half. Uh, DJ, this is one of the more compelling matchups that we'll get. I, I mean, this is, this is a tough one, man. This is a tough one. That, the handicap is a tough one to break down because you talk about a team in the 49ers that have been, like, look, the best team, arguably, outside of the Baltimore Ravens the entire season. And then we have a Chiefs team that has been struggling offensively, but the defense has been lights out. Does this feel weird? And we'll get into all the positions here, but does this feel weird? Like, I don't feel, it doesn't feel like either one of these teams are sprinting. Like, normally you get into this game and you're like, whew, they are on a run, man. They look good. And this team comes in hot. Like, I don't think either one of these teams is really clicking on all cylinders. Kind of a weird, that's what kind of makes this a weird Super Bowl. Yeah, it makes it a weird Super Bowl. I would say of the two, though, the, the Kansas City Chiefs are definitely clicking more than the 49ers. Defensively, they've been lights out. I think they're holding opponents to only 13 and a half points per game in the postseason. And then offensively, they've just done a great job of not turning the ball over. They, they've played keep away. They haven't turned it over. They've been uh, efficient and effective playing from in front. And that's been enough for them to kind of make their way to the Super Bowl. On the other end with the 49ers, uh, offensively, some slow starts. Defensively, they can't stop the run. They've fallen behind. The effort hasn't been up to par. But when you look at the talent, they've been able to get it done just on the talent. So if you think about the talent with better effort, effort and execution should result in better play. It's just hard to bet against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Let's go. Let's go position by position, um, and then uh, we'll just go who has the edge, and then we'll make our our selections on this game. I'm, I'm sure if you've been watching TV or listening to any uh, football related content, you've. Uh, you might even be Super Bowled out. So we're not going to go a long time on this, but let's go position by position. Let's start with the quarterback. It seems like we're pretty obvious of which direction you go there. 
Yeah, no, nah, I mean, Pat Mahomes is, is always going to be hard to bet against. Two-time MVP, two-time Super Bowl MVP. Uh, he, he gets it done in the clutch. His record is second to none when it comes to his postseason success. He's a special player because he's the rare combination of that gunslinger who has learned and evolved into being a manager when he needs to do it. But I think we need to give Brock Purdy some love. And I think what has happened, you know, the, the pendulum swings so far in each direction when it comes to Brock Purdy, right? There are mm-hmm. people that are maybe trying to give him too much credit for the Niners' success. There are people that are trying to take away any of the contributions that he's made. And what I will say is this. Uh, once the draft is done, the draft is nothing more than pole position in terms yeah. of how you enter the league. I think people need to wipe away Brock Purdy being Mr. Irrelevant, being the seventh round pick, and really just grade him for what he's been. If you look at the numbers and you watch him play, Brock Purdy plays like a top five, top 10 quarterback in this league. It's not all like the physical dimensions and those things, but in this offense, he plays like a top five player. He's good enough for the 49ers to win this game. He's good enough for the 49ers to uh, run away with this game if he's on uh, if he's on point, if he's in a rhythm and he's dealing. Uh, I think the the challenge for Brock Purdy in this game would be if they jam the middle of the field and they force him to consistently make throws outside the numbers, can Brock Purdy deal and make dime after dime outside the numbers? He hasn't had an issue to date, but this is where in these these high games, these hey, you're facing off against QB1 in the league. If it breaks out into a shootout, does he have enough stuff to knock off the guy in the OK Corral? Yeah, and I think um, on Brock, to wrap that one up, I think he's got to have some confidence coming off of these two comebacks. And I think Kyle Shanahan putting his faith in him um, shows you that he's confident in him as well. So I, I give Brock all the credit in the world. On the other side, Mahomes, real quick, Buck, these all-time debates, which if Mahomes wins this game, the all-time debates are going to crank up. I, I feel like it's going to be fascinating because I don't know if we've had this since, in, you know, if you, I don't even want to say the name, but it's a basketball player that, that maybe went to your school. But the uh, when you look at the debates, we've always talked about the debate between the guys with the accomplishments mm-hmm. and then the guys with the ability. Like it, it goes in any era. Like if you think back, it was like, well, Dan, you can tell me that Joe Montana is better than Dan Marino. Dan Marino, look at all the ability. Yeah, but Joe Montana has all the accomplishments. Mahomes has a chance to marry him, has a mm-hmm. chance to say, I am the most talented guy. And I'm stacking up all the accomplishments. Like, that's the end of the argument, man. Yeah, it can't be the end of the argument. I think the best comparison, you talked about the basketball debate. So I think it's more of the golf debate, Tiger Woods and Jack Nicholas. Yeah, like, yep. Uh, because at the time, prior to Tiger's injuries, uh, he was closing fast on the Golden Bear. And you, it was the marriage of, look, man, this is the most talented golfer that we've seen. And the, the, the hardware matches the mm-hmm. dominance that we thought that we would project based on how we entered the arena uh, for Pat Mahomes, it would be that three Super Bowls early in his career, uh, the level of dominance that they've had over the last five years, projecting that out in the many iterations of the team as it could unfold with him at quarterback. Yeah, you begin to you begin to think like, I mean, he might be the only guy who has a reasonable mm-hmm. chance at knocking off Tom Brady as the goat at the position. No question. Um, all right, uh, running game. Uh, Pacheco's been uh, has been rolling, but I mean, I think I'm gonna go San Francisco on that one. How about you? Oh no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with San Francisco. Even though the Niners have had a tough time stopping the run and distribution vulnerability that the Chiefs can exploit, Christian McCaffrey is exactly what you want at running back in this game. 
in terms of like he's a runner receiver. He can do it a bunch of different ways. DJ, when you go look at the numbers, right? And it's scrimmage yards leader, Christian McCaffrey. Rushing leader, Christian McCaffrey. Tied for the most total touchdowns. He, he He's all of that. And at a time when we're talking about the running back has to be an offensive weapon as opposed to just a running back, Christian McCaffrey is the perfect example. And if he's able to do it, uh, it'll shed light on, hey, you can take a running back, but your running back better check off a lot of boxes and your team better be well positioned to utilize them when it's time. No doubt. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go San Francisco there. Offensive line, I, I'm having it as a push. I just, I don't think, to be honest with you, I don't think either offensive line is great. Um, I, I don't think that, you know, look, you're missing some pieces. Um, mm-hmm. Joe Tooney, not more than likely not playing is a big deal. I don't think the tackles are great for Kansas City. I think the sum is greater than the parts. They play well together. Mm-hmm. Trent Williams, a Hall of Famer at left tackle, but the rest of that offensive line, to me, there's a lot of average players up there. So yeah. I, I just said it's a push. I can see that because I think it is that because the blue chip player of all of them, we talk about the blue chipper, the blue chipper is Trent Williams in a major way. Mm-hmm. Uh, good players in, in, in Kansas City. You talk about Trey Smith, so about Creed Humphrey. Creed and all Humphrey, those yeah. Tooney, like, those, those are good players. Not quite on Trent Williams' level, but yeah, it is a push because the, the tackles are vulnerable for the Kansas City Chiefs, Donovan Smith and Javon Taylor, and there's not a notable player on the San Francisco 49ers outside of Trent Williams. And so I can say, yeah, it's even, it's a push. Uh, pass catchers, this is a maybe the most heavily advantaged uh, spot here to me. Even with Kelsey, we throw him into the mix. I, I still think the depth and the talent San Francisco has, mm-hmm. I think that I don't think that's very close. No, I don't think it's close because Brandon Ayuk, quietly, he's just mm-hmm. the quietest uh, thing. Dude had 1,300 yards. DJ, he mm-hmm. has these. He has the third most big plays by a wide receiver this year. He has 28 receptions of 20 yards or more, yeah. only behind Tyreek Hill and C.D. Lamb. We talk about Debo Samuel all the time and the freak show yeah. that he is. Brandon Ayuk. And so the passing game that the 49ers have with Ayuk, Samuel, and Kittle gives them an advantage over the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. Uh, we go over to the defensive side of the ball. Defensive line, I mean, I love Chris Jones and Carl Loftus has done some nice things. they got some good players there, but to me it's an over, it's just overwhelming depth and talent that they have in San Francisco. Yeah, the depth and talent is there. you got to get them to play hard. They haven't played hard. They haven't played with the same energy uh, and effort that you, you, you are accustomed to seeing from a Niners team. But from top to bottom, they have, I mean, they have dudes, you know. Mm-hmm. We talk about Bosa and Armstead and even Young. Hargrave. Hargrave, they, they, they have it. And so the, look, the skills are tipped in the Niners' favor, even though they haven't played up to the standard that you would expect to see from a team that talented. San Francisco's linebackers are the, the best in the league. I love Nick Bolton. I love Drew Tranquil. I don't know if Willie Gay is going to play in this game. Uh, I mean, the Kansas City is really good, but to me, it's I, I can't go away from Warner and Greenlaw. No, I mean, I mean, those are the guys that we talk about. Like two weeks ago, we talked about the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers or teams in the championship game because they have like the best combo of second level defenders that you can find. Doesn't change. Greenlaw and Fred Warner are outstanding playmakers, sideline to sideline menaces. Uh, they, 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 they get this one in this debate. Uh, secondary. Uh, I'm going to go KC on that one. Uh, where, yeah. you, where are you leaning? No, I'm with, I'm with KC. Jerry Sneed is a legitimate number one player. Uh, on the back end. They've done a really good job. Trent McDuffie has been as advertised as a first-round pick. Justin Reed is the one that is even better than I thought. When they signed him, I was like, man, you know, I don't know how good he is, but he's terrific, man. He's been outstanding. He can thump. He can play the middle of the field. He does a lot of different things for them. 
Uh, that's the advantage. The weakness of the Niners will be their secondary, but will the Kansas City Chiefs be good enough to be able to attack it? Um, special teams, I'll go KC again there. Uh, Butker versus Moody to me, that's that's a no contest. Well, yeah, Butker. And also the other thing that you'll talk about, uh, Kansas City being able to come up with big-time returns in key moments, mm-hmm. going all the way back to the last Super Bowl when uh, they were able to get a big return. It was Tony, Tony, right? It was Kadarius Tony. Yeah, yeah. Kadarius Tony. In the AFC Championship game a year ago, they were able to do it like they They have an, a, a knack of being able to pull off big things in the kicking phase. Advantage goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, coaches, I'm going to go Andy on that one. I mean, Andy's done it for so long. It's funny, like, listening to the pressers all week. Andy just talked about the experience of being in this game. And when you get to this game, you can't change it up. You can't switch it up. you got to trust uh, what you've done to this point, and you got to do it. I think for Kyle, Kyle Shanahan enters with a little more pressure on him just because of the last two Super Bowls, one as an offensive coordinator, the other as a head coach. He had 10-point leads in the fourth quarter. Couldn't get it done. Had a 10-point lead last year in the NFC Championship game. Couldn't close it out. So you take that factor, A, can Kyle Shanahan close it out? Then you go and you look at his record in the fourth quarter when trailing. They only have one win out of 32 games when being behind. Man, that's a lot. So now you're telling me, you question whether I can close and you question whether I can come back. DJ, I don't care how strong you are. That noise filters in. Uh, And so because of that, I just worry about him being a little distracted by trying to prove himself as opposed to doing it where Andy's just coming in. All I got to do is win the game. And Andy has proven that he will be willing to switch styles to win the game. He's proven it this postseason. That's a huge advantage in the playoffs, just that experience. He knows how to get it done. So if you're scoring at home, that's four for Kansas City. That's four for San Francisco. And that's really? a push. That's a it was push. even? That's a push. It seemed like he was even. going in the Niners' direction. Like, nope. oh, man, they're just nope. so much. So nope. much. It's because KC, we gave KC the secondary, the special teams, and the coaches. Uh, to go along with the quarterback. So here's my thing. If if this is, I ended up picking Kansas City 24 to 21, I think something like mm-hmm. that. But if we're going to say that it's actually pretty even, these teams are pretty even, and it then you tell me I get the quarterback and the coach, it always goes I, to that. I'll go with the quarterback. It always goes to that. One. Like no no matter what no matter what we say, if we if we talk about being true to what mm-hmm. we said uh, makes of championship teams, we talk about three things. Head coach, quarterback, pass rush, mm-hmm. two, to one, two to one in Kansas City's favor. You yep. know what I mean? Like that—that's that's how we break down two to one in their favor. But when you have the head coach and the quarterback, it's hard to bet against that in a game. I couldn't go against them. One game. I thought that I thought that they—if you're going to get the Chiefs—I almost thought the AFC teams had to do it. I thought Buffalo had a chance to do it. I thought Baltimore had a chance to do it. Couldn't get it done. And so, um, yeah, I, I do. I, I think. You know, I think the Chiefs win this game, but take heart because I've picked the Chiefs to lose the last two rounds and they've won. So now I'm picking them to win. So that should give 49er fans a lot of hope uh, that they can figure out a way to get this thing done, man. Hey, man, are you on this? Are you on the eight-hour show on Sunday? Are you on game? No, day? thank God, I'm. I'm not. I get a Ooh. day. I've been doing that all year, but I don't have to do that. But I'm. I'm with you on. Uh, on our. Uh, game day preview yeah okay. so we'll I, be didn't on know, that. I don't know if you're i don't know if you're a double and i'm doing out. halftime are you get to stick around and do the uh halftime thing uh no i'll, I'll, I'll be on the field with usher like no, yeah I'll, no no why would you want to watch usher when you could flip over and watch me and rhett handle the halftime highlights on the network huh come on over come hang with come us on over. yeah i'll, uh, hey. I'll click over yeah usher be singing confessions and you can see me talking about kyle use <laughs> conversion on third and four i love it exciting i love um, it 
Uh, all right, we've got uh, we've got a little business to take care of on the way out the door here. Uh, oh, Buck, what do we? Uh, oh, we got to wrap this thing up. That was the MTS game of the week presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code MTS. New customers can bet five bucks and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Uh, with code MTS, the crown is yours. Uh, there we go. I had to do a little business there at the end. That was a uh, that was a fun episode, man. We covered a lot of different ground. Again, as we go forward, uh, we will recap the Super Bowl, and then it is full speed ahead to the offseason, uh, to the draft, and uh, free agency, the combine, all that good stuff. We have a cool thing. I haven't even showed you this yet, but uh, I've had Jack working on this project, and we are going to... Uh, we are going to dig into the teams. We've, we we do so much player stuff. We're going to do more on the teams as well this year. And, you know, we've talked about that championship formula where you need to have, you know, three playmakers, uh, the two pass rushers. All We are going to take every team and we're going to run them through that formula to see not only do they have those positions filled, but then we're going to categorize them in terms of like the age, the future value there, and whether they should be in the market for, you know, what, what area on those critical factors that we feel like build a championship team. Yeah, I love it. That should be fun. Looking forward to doing that project. Yep, it'll be fun. Uh, again, Jack's on. On uh, he's on it. He's working hard on that. So we'll have that coming your way uh, shortly. Okay. Hope you guys have enjoyed this one. Uh, we'll be back uh, Monday, and we will recap the Super Bowl and uh, have all that information for you. And we'll start jumping into even more draft discussion right here on Move the Sticks. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.